From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on October 30th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. This episode is our fifth SE 2024 podcast, which looks at all things related to the upcoming 2024 Republican presidential primary. Our previous episodes have looked at the people and places that make up the Republican Party here, why the state is so important in this process, and how to campaign in the Palmetto State. Now we take a look at an unsavory part of the campaigning process, the dirty tricks, the negative campaigning that, among other things, gives politics a bad name. And if this is just too much politics for you, take a break, have a laugh, listen to South of Spooky. You can binge the entire season. Happy Halloween. Check out South of Spooky wherever you find podcasts. That's where me and AT show our true comedic genius, South of Spooky. And if you like it, give the lead a shout at 803-563-7169. We promise to give you a second season next year. Tell us what you think we should do, where we should go, who we should talk to, and if you have any spooky stories yourself. Ever seen a ghost? Call us 803-563-7169. See something? Say something. hiding in my aunt's office. Ooh, she's never going to expect this. Once she opens that door, she's going to be so scared. (laughs) Gavin, you genius. They're going to be talking about this through the halls, about just how clever you are and being so scary during this Halloween. What are you doing in here? (coughs) Did I scare you? (laughs) What was that sound? My aunt, are, are you okay? Oh, that that was not me. That was Gavin, who failed to scare me and ended up scaring himself. No, 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 that's not true. I was just in here. I was I was waiting for you because uh, we we have to work on this dirty tricks episode, and um, I just wanted to get your notes and whatever. We need to record this episode anyway. Here's your script. Mm, okay. Yeah, this happens every now and then. You really just need to start the episodes. Just try and. Be easy on the big guy. He's just a lovable guy, you know. Seems like more like a big baby. <laughs> that's, that's a good bird. Anyway, let's get in the studio. <laughs> but let's go get in the studio. Hey, why, why is she so mean? I was on her side. My aunt had two brothers growing up, so I get it. Uh, she can be a little rough sometimes. But that's like politics, where it can be a full contact sport. A blood sport, as they say here in South Carolina. But honestly, they say that everywhere. So yes, for the sake of this podcast... South Carolina is a thunderdome of the worst aspects of politicking. And to understand, really understand that, you have to look at the man who started it all. While there is a lot of myth and legend around this person, there are also a lot of stories as well, many of which were included in the 2008 documentary Boogeyman, the Lee Atwater story. Yes, the Georgia-born, South Carolina-reared Lee Atwater. College of Charleston political science professor Dr. Gibbs Knotts, who co-authored First in the South, Why South Carolina's Presidential Primary Matters, gives us a 30,000-foot look and references one of the dirtiest tricks in presidential primary politics during the 2000 race. Here's Gibbs. 
kind of a lot of it goes back to Lee Atwater. He's certainly somebody uh, who, 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 who kind of like started a lot of the dirty tricks. Probably the biggest example that I can think of was back when McCain was going up against George W. Bush, and uh, they were doing some push polling. I think it was Carl Rove, although he denies uh, this, but Carl Rove, who would say in a push poll, like you call somebody and you say, hey, what do you think about uh, John McCain? Well, would you change your mind on John McCain if you knew he fathered an Ill- illegitimate African-American daughter, or illegitimate black daughter? And so you can kind of go out and so it's trying to get these kind of things in people. So of course this wasn't true. McCain had adopted a daughter from Bangladesh, but certainly, you know, no evidence that he had fathered an illegitimate African-American or black daughter. And so it just, you know, that kind of stuff. And so there's examples of that. It's probably a little overblown. I think part of it is just the myth of Lee Atwater, but, uh, but it's definitely something that's happened in the past in the South Carolina primary. The dirty tricks can cause painful rifts, and in a small state like South Carolina, that can lead to scars and grudges that can be held for years in some cases. South Carolina Republican Party Chairman Drew McKissick has this advice. Well, look, I I mean, you know, South Carolina is a very competitive place. Uh, Republican politics is very competitive in South Carolina. has been, you know, since as long as I can remember. When people get competitive, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, they take it beyond the bounds, you know, and that, that can happen. Uh, I think there are probably still some scars, you know, in a lot of people's backs, you know, for instance, from the McCain-Bush primary back in 2000 that I can remember. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amped up by the hot spotlight that South Carolina gets and the position that we have just prior to Super Tuesday. Uh, the stakes are higher, consequences are higher. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people who are sort of third party working on behalf of different candidates can uh, get ahead of their skis, so to speak. And, you know, then next thing you know, somebody's got to explain whether or not they did or didn't know what somebody was doing or saying or whatever. And, uh, and then it can get personal. I mean, we're still a small state. People who work in politics in the state know one another, you know. And, you know, the, the example I try to give folks, especially at the county level here around the state, is, you know, these presidential campaigns are sort of like tornadoes going through a trailer park. You know, I mean, they'll come through and they'll wreak a lot of devastation and then they're going to blow away and they're gone. And we're not going to see a presidential candidate again for probably four or eight years. If they have to spend time and money in South Carolina, we've got bigger problems in the general election. Uh, so they're gone. They blow away. But we all still have to live in whatever wreckage is left over. and We've got to work together to elect sheriffs and coroners and county council members. And, you know, relationships are uh, the, the, the oil that makes politics, you know, move, so to speak. Uh, Without those relationships, people aren't going to be productive. So, you know, I always caution everybody about, you know, we want to get out there and compete against one another. Obviously, this is why we get involved, because we care and we're going to pick a horse and we're going to ride. But once it's over, we still got the next campaign and then the one after that. We've got to be able to work together. Political consultant Walt Wetzel said that the state still has a reputation of tough politics. And it's likely because the state is so Republican that the biggest fights aren't between Democrats and Republicans, but intra-party fighting among the grand old party itself. Walt, who works on a good bit of statehouse races, has this perspective. We still have it, particularly from those outside the state. I don't know that anybody here particularly thinks it's any different than it's ever been, and it's an anomaly. People in other parts of the country do tend to you know, think of us as the state with great barbecue and incredibly negative campaigns for whatever it is, just part of our reputation. Um, I do think the Haley race for governor in 2010, you know, it, you, you can't look back on that reputation and look back on that campaign uh, 
and not see a clear, okay, th there is a line that even South Carolinians draw on wh wh what's in bounds and what is not in bounds. So I, th I think on balance, it's not an accurate description that we'll do anything to get elected and succeed. But yeah, we have that reputation. It's funny, you go to, I, when we're out of state traveling South Carolina, good gosh, y'all have more political consultants per capita than any state in the world and any state in the country and and the most negative campaigns. I, you know, we, we play hardball here, clearly. I think the two, that is, particularly relative to Iowa and New Hampshire, there's a lot of November R versus D mentality. South Carolina is so red. Of the 124 members of the state house, maybe four districts but probably three districts are truly in play in November. We're gonna have 30 primaries in those 124 houses that will all be high impact, high resource kind of races. So I think that's part of it is just this R versus R thing where to draw a distinction, it's not all on just philosophy and big picture, you know, he's for raising taxes, he's not, you know, he's for cutting taxes. Those distinctions are largely not as easy to distinguish, so that's probably why you get some of the more personality-driven or stylistic-driven contrast. You heard Walt there reference Nikki Haley's 2010 gubernatorial campaign. Haley faced accusations of adultery, racist references to her Indian heritage, and the claims that she wasn't Christian enough, even though she became a Methodist after marrying her husband Michael in 1996. Haley frequently references the uphill battle of this race in solidifying her creds as an underdog, and beating several establishment candidates thanks to the Tea Party wave and 2008 vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin in that 2010 runoff. Political communications consultant Dave Wilson makes no bones about our state's reputation. We're a scrappy group around here. Uh, it, I have always said I will put our JV politics of state politics up against a national group any day, and I'll win every single time. That is just the way politics has been done around here. Is it dirty? Yeah, there have been times when it's been dirty. There are times when it's been filthy. It's not just dirty politics. It's absolutely filthy politics. I think there's a whole different layer of transparency and an expectation of transparency that stemmed from those years of dirty politics where you've got to have some level of, of openness are there still dirty politics around? Yeah, there still are. Uh, does it play a part? I think you've got a public today that is maybe a little wiser to the fact that it's going on, and sometimes they get turned off by it. Let's go back to Lee Atwater for a moment. In one of his earliest tricks involving the 1978 4th Congressional District race in the evangelical upstate, where religion was a key factor, at the time, Max Heller was the well-liked Democratic mayor of Greenville and seemed to be on the path to victory over Republican state senator Carol Campbell. A Republican hadn't won the seat since Reconstruction, but that lead disappeared after push polls emphasized to voters in the heavily evangelical district that Heller was Jewish. Another candidate joined the race and gave anti-Semitic speeches in local churches. It has long been rumored that that third candidate was planted by Campbell's young campaign manager, none other than Lee Atwater. Atwater was certainly something else. He also did stints with South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond, worked in the Reagan White House and on the 1984 re-election campaign. And when it came time for Reagan's vice president, George H.W. Bush's 1988 presidential bid, Atwater was there as campaign manager. 
Walt Wetzel shared a fascinating story about a chance meeting with Atwater during a swing in South Carolina that changed his life's trajectory. Well, in a weird sort of way, my personal interaction with him is what led me into politics. Uh, very, very briefly, I was a bellhop at the Greenville Hilton going to Furman. Um, and at the time, the then vice president was running for, for president, and they used our hotel as a um, kind of a base of operations for three or four days. So we had to kind of, you know, get a clearance or whatever to take their bags up to their rooms and whatever. So um, the morning that they left, the first jaunt they went, they had a motorcade driver that got sick. So they were like, you, can you help? Sure, what you need? Jump in, drive. Just follow the guy in front of you and don't lose him. And Okay. So Atwater was in the car. Uh, a guy named Craig Fuller, who was the White House chief of staff, and a guy named Steve Valdez, who was the White House photographer. And for three days, I drove these guys around, you know, in the upstate doing their thing. And just, you know, Atwater had one of these phones that was bigger than this microphone, you know, these big shoebox-sized things, and he was cussing and carrying on and changing media buys, you know, in other states and fascinating fella. And ironically, one of those guys that remembered who I was, anytime I saw him after that, Walter, how's your girlfriend? How's your what, whatever? He would, he sent tickets to the inaugural to me and all the balls. And he had a ball in 88 that was, you know, red, hot and blue or whatever it was called. I still remember that stuff. He was just that talented on the personal interaction scale. And um, one thing he told me in that trip was, um, do you know where the Waffle House in Newberry is? I'm like, yeah, I've never been to the Waffle He said, I had been to the Waffle House in Newberry my whole career, you know, a week before the election. And I can tell you who's going to win the election by going on the Sunday before the election or two weeks out, talking to people in the Waffle House in Newberry. It's, it's just brilliant fella, right? why he chose the Waffle House in Newberry, I asked him and he said, because, not because they're predictive, but Newberry is the one county in South Carolina that if you look at the results in Newberry and the results statewide, that's the one county that is that those results are the closest. So it's not that it's a reflection of, but it's a predictor of maybe. And he had this grand political philosophy about how he came up with that algorithm. One of the stops we made, uh, Knox White was running for Congress that year. So one of the stops we made, we pull up to this house, Bush is doing a fundraiser for, for Knox, and of course they made us stay in the car. But Knox's campaign manager came out and was chatting with me. I, like I said, I was a bellhop and student. He said, hey, you wanna get involved in our campaign? So I went, I took a semester off of Furman and, and worked in Knox's race that year and just got bit by the bug. After Bush won the White House, Atwater was picked ahead the Republican National Committee. He targeted his sights in on the charismatic Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, seeing him as a credible threat to Bush. However, in 1990, Atwater was diagnosed with brain cancer, and he died the following year at age 40. It's been said that Bush's loss to Clinton in 1992 was because Atwater wasn't in the picture. But, Gavin, it's not all firebombs and whisper campaigns in the Palmetto State. That's right, Mayan. While dirty tricks are at the top of the worst of the worst when it comes to politicking, there is the more distilled, the tempered, the more acceptable negative campaign advertising that a lot of us are used to, and some say isn't necessarily a bad thing. But there is a way to do it. 
Here's what I asked Lexington Republican Representative R.J. May, who runs his own political consultancy shop. Can you talk to us about the role of, you know, maybe if it's not directly dirty tricks like we saw in 2000 with the McCain-Bush stuff, but maybe uh, how you walk that line with negative campaigning. You can you can elaborate on that if you want to or not, but like how you see the role of dirty tricks, negative campaigning, if that works, if it sticks, if it backfires. Respectfully, I will disagree with your premise that it's some of it is negative campaigning. I call it contrast campaigning because I think it's important that you every election is about contrast. What is different between you and your opponent? And if it's factual information that is backed up by sources, I think it's fair game to tell the electorate about that policy position difference or you know your opponent's historical past that may or may not prove for them to you know be fit for the job. Uh, I think that's what's in bounds. What's out of bounds, though, uh, you know, push polls, things that we've historically seen here in South Carolina, some of Lee Atwater's tactics in the past. That, yes, is negative, quote unquote, dirty campaigning that I think there there's no place for in, in politics. But as political strategists, we also have to have somewhat of a moral compass of what is within bounds and what is not. Um, and that's even with polling, right? You can make polling say whatever you want. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't heard other political consultants say, well, let's just make up a poll and put it out, right? I mean, that's why I think it's important as members of the media, you ask for cross tabs to be able to tell whether or not a poll is legit. But there's a reason campaigns still do contrast campaigning or quote unquote negative campaigning. It's because it works. You know, millions and millions of dollars are spent on it. People don't like it. They say they don't like it, but it has an effect on how they vote. Uh, and, and until that changes, which I don't think it ever will, you're going to continue to see contrast campaigning between different candidates. Rob Godfrey has seen the world of dirty tricks up close when he served as spokesperson for Haley's 2010 campaign and went on to work for her up through 2017 as her deputy chief of staff for communications. Rob says the legend of dirty tricks is overblown and hurts the state's reputation. But you can hear some alignment with others when it comes to that contrast messaging to inform voters. I think dirty tricks uh, in South Carolina have been overplayed and the significance of them overstated because at the end of the day, message matters from candidates and message matters, especially if it's, you know, has millions of dollars of TV behind it. When messages penetrate, it's what turns voters out and turns voters. And so dirty tricks in South Carolina, they're the thing of legend. I think they've given the state a bad reputation, and I also think they've been overplayed. And so I think that less and less dirty tricks, you know, whether it's flyers left on cars supposedly or it's rumors passed about, you know, the candidates' families, people are – people and, you know, we've seen voters are even more informed than they ever have been, right? They have – the ability to get on social media. They have more news and information to consume than ever before. Dirty tricks work in vacuums where there's low information. And I think we have higher information voters than we've ever seen. And so I think dirty tricks are, are, you know, are a thing of the past. They're overplayed. And I don't think there's something that South Carolina is really defined by anymore. But, Gavin, what will it be like during those several weeks between the first in the nation New Hampshire primary and the first in the South South Carolina primary? Remember when you scared me, Mayan, when I shrieked? Yeah, that's what it's going to be like for a couple weeks here. Here's Rob Godfrey again. Well, campaigns to a certain extent are about contrasts. And when I say contrasts, I mean differences between candidates. And so um, if the campaign is close among candidates or between candidates, 
I absolutely think that month is going to be not just about talking about positive messages and visions for the future. They're going to be about talking about contrasts and about differences between candidates. Sometimes those things can get negative. Sometimes those things can get nasty. What we hope is that they don't get personal and that the candidates can remain friends. Sometimes those things are harder to get over. So I do not underestimate that month in between New Hampshire and South Carolina to be the absolute wild, wild west. But I'm hopeful that uh, better angels will prevail and that it won't be that way. So what you're saying is, Gavin, we're going to be in for a lot. Yeah. And who knows what the future holds? We've seen Photoshop at play in the past when it comes to campaign advertisements and memes. We've heard the whisper campaigns, the planted stories in the press, etc. But the future is also concerning. With artificial intelligence-generated imagery and audio that can replicate candidates and is easily accessible to anyone with an internet connection, the future is a bit questionable. God, it does sound like there's going to be a lot of tricks in the future. Gavin, I'm sorry I was mean to you in the beginning, and I'm sorry I tricked you into signing the podcast over to me, saying it was perhaps a birthday card for AT. Well, I accept your... Oh, wait, what? What what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I've hosted the South Carolina lead, LEDE, since 2018 when my father gave it to me. First off... AT's birthday was in August, and this is literally a legal document. How could you have thought it was a card? Um, whatever. I don't read things that closely, but um, thanks for giving me my podcast back. You're welcome. Oh. Hey, what are you guys talking oh, about? Oh, my God. God. AT, how did AT? you get in here? Oh, I'm done. Oh, yeah. End it. It's just End wrap it. the show up. Oh, that was spooky. Thanks for listening to the pod, y'all. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a review or a voicemail at 803-563-7169. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. All right, we got to cancel this song. <laughs> Gavin's got to play with his toy. <laughs> I love my I toys. Can't take it out of the box. <laughs> no! <laughs> that was a collector's item. No! <laughs>